All right, hey, good morning, everybody. You guys look good. The atmosphere feels really good. Welcome to Church on the Rock. I'm glad that you are here. So if you're in the building, welcome. It's been really, really good to high-five people in the lobby and give hugs, meet new families and new people that are connecting to our church. And I would love to reiterate what Pastor Aldrich just said on the news. But if you are a guest, if this is your first time, whether you are kicking the tires around here trying to discover if this may become your church home, if you're passing through uh, on vacation, let's say perhaps from Canada this morning, whatever the reason that you may be here, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Would you, church family, just give it up for all of our guests? Thank you, guys. I actually think visiting a church is a very, very brave thing to do because you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, I know we have a website, and I know that most of you went there first, but once you walk into these doors, you're kind of committed to us for about an hour, and so thanks for being committed. Hey, I also want to look at uh, all the people that are tuning in online. I'm always just uh, kind of staggered, honestly, by the amount of people that tune in and stay connected with us uh, from a distance, and so I just want to welcome you as well uh, for being a part of our church, even from uh, an online digital platform like this. And I specifically want to give a special shout-out this morning to Faith in Idaho. Thank you so much for being connected. And listen, if you want to shout-out, let me know. I'd love to shout you out, too. Come on, let's give it up for all those tuning in online. Thank you guys for being with us as well. So if you don't know me, my name is Josh. I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at Church on the Rock. And I am excited about what God is doing because he is on the move among us. If you agree with that, you could say amen right there. God is doing a great work in us. And it's been awesome to see, feel, experience, um, and, and to be a part of. But today, I'm especially excited because we're going to start a brand new message series. And we're going to spend the next several weeks on this topic in this series, we're calling Forever, Forever, emphasis on that number four. And I know what some of you guys are thinking, like, oh, it's February, Valentine's Day's coming up, this is a marriage series. No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, this is not going to be about relationships in terms of romance or connectivity. What this is going to be about is our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with our church, and, you ready for it, our relationship with the lost, because all of those matter. And as you can see, I have a prop, a little unique. If you've been here before, I don't typically have things like this, but I've got these four cups, and we will talk about those here in just a moment. Does that sound good? You guys ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. All right, good. Let's get into it. Can I just begin with prayer, and then we'll dive right into the content today. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, your strength, your power, God, your faithfulness to us. Oh, what a blessing it is just to know you and to be known by you, Lord God. Father, we just posture our hearts to be receptive. What do you want to say to us? What do we need to receive from you today? So, Father, we intentionally open up our ears, our eyes, and our understanding for you to deposit whatever it is that you want to give us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start a brand new series and here's the hope, here's my hope for, for this series. I can't make guarantees, but I can tell you at least what I'm hoping for. And my hope is that across the span of this message series, that we as a church family would reconnect to what God is trying to do in people today, 
I'm praying and hoping that in this series we would re-engage with the mission of our church, the reason that we exist. I would like to say right out of the gate that we do not gather here on Sundays just so that we can gather here on Sundays. We come because we are a people unified around a mission, and that is the great commission of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about that throughout this series. And what I hope happens is that we get reinvigorated, re-energized, and refocused. Not only on what we are called to do, but how exactly God has called us as a church to do that. And so to do this, we're going to go way back in biblical history. And so if you like it a little bit theological and a little bit like let's dig around the history and like tunnel down into some scripture, I think you're going to like it today. Um, if you like it practical, then I think you're going to like it throughout this series because we're going to do both things. We're going to go down into theology and get an understanding of some things, and then we're going to elevate up to practicality. So, like, so basically, I like to always answer the question, like, so what? So what does this mean for me? So you can talk to me about the Bible. You can get all deep and all that stuff, but like, okay, how does this impact me on a Tuesday when I'm at work? Or with my family. Is that making sense, everybody? And so this is my hope. And so I want to go all the way back, and I would love to go all the way back to the very beginning, but I don't have that kind of time, okay? I want to go back, though, to when the people of God, Israel, and the Israelites were captive in Egypt. There was this sort of superior, this king, this Pharaoh, as he was called, and the people of Israel, this is God's chosen people, that had been given a promise through Abraham that you're going to like be my people and I'm going to take you to this, to this land and you're going to multiply. You'll be the father of many nations. Again, I'm, I'm sort of bumping history right here. We're not going deep yet. And this promise that God gave through Abraham to these, to these people. And what begins to take place is these people begin to multiply. Y'all remember in Genesis when God said be fruitful and multiply? They were getting that job done. And they were multiplying so quickly that Pharaoh started to get concerned. Like, there's a lot of Israel here, and there's a lot of Israelites among us, and if we don't do something about this, perhaps they would overthrow us, and perhaps they would uh, dominate and try to take away by spot as this Pharaoh. And so he chose to just enslave these people, and they became the slaves in Egypt for years and years. In fact, generations of people would only know slavery as these Israel people of God. And so, as you may know, whether you are familiar with church or the Bible or not, I think Disney and other movie creators have helped us understand who Moses is, right? And Moses was the one that God would go to and he would say, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to say some things to Pharaoh. And come on, if you've ever seen the movies, you know what he said. He said, I want you to tell him, come on, can you do it with me? Let my people go. Right, deep, kind of deep, bassy voice a little bit. Hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to say to him, let my people go. If you know anything about the movies, that was the big idea, but it took some time. Uh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Uh, there were some plagues and some other things. But here's what I love, and here's what I think oftentimes gets missed, is that God didn't just send Moses with a message to Pharaoh. He sent Moses with a message to his people. And if you walk with God today, guess what? You're his people. If you do not walk with God today, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. Hang around to the end. I'm going to give you an opportunity to become one of God's people. Is that fair, everybody? So I want to pick up this story in Exodus chapter 6. We're going to look at a few verses this morning, and I'm going to do my very best to just sort of unpack them 
and help us create some understanding about what God is doing. Because I believe with all of my heart that the exact thing that God was trying to do with the Israelites in Egypt is the exact thing God is trying to do in you and me today. So here we go. You ready? Let's go to Exodus chapter 6. We're going to look at the first couple of verses. And so here is what God said to Moses. I want you to give this message to my people. So go, go tell Pharaoh some stuff, but I need you to tell my people some stuff. And here's what he said. Therefore, say to the Israelites, and I've emphasized some things here. He says, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. Come on, that's good news right there in and of itself. And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. He says, I'll free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. And then he continues by saying, and I will take you as my people. And this is what Moses was to say to the people of Israel. Hey, God's going to do some things in your life, some powerful things. He's going to take you out. He's going to free you. He's going to redeem you. He's going to take you as his own people. And now is where I want to pedal just a little bit. And here's what I want to say. I'm going to disclaim something. Here's what I want you to know. That what I'm going to unpack today is not a revelation that I saw in Scripture. I was not in a study moment going, oh my gosh, this just came alive to me. This is actually something that I was taught, and it's actually something that I found out goes way back. And I mean way back, thousands of years, that these statements, and leave them up, Rob, I love how we got it up, that these statements carry incredible significance in the life of God's people. Incredible statements. In fact, for thousands of years, Jews have celebrated these four statements every time they celebrate Passover. If you've ever been a participant in a Passover Seder, then you would recognize, you've heard this before, you experienced this before, and for thousands of years, the Jews have, have celebrated what they call the four I wills. These four I wills. Now, I took part uh, some years ago. I don't even know how long ago. It's been several years back. I took part in a Passover Seder myself, and it was a Messianic Jewish church. And, and just if you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Here's, here's basically all that means is Messianic. I'm just going to like surface it quick. That just means that these are Jews that see Jesus Christ as how we see Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior sent by God through the Virgin Mary, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the grave in three days. That's how they, but they still cling tightly to these powerful Jewish traditions. They're, they're called Messianic Jews. And I went to one of their Passover seders, and I was invited to go. I mean, I wore a yarmulke and everything, y'all. I, I was like, whatever, I'm going to play the part. Let's do the thing. I put it on. I was a little concerned about my hair, but I did it anyway, all right? I just put the thing on, and this thing took hours. Like, this was no small thing, but man, the, the history and the richness of what I discovered about what God is trying to do in the lives of his people and the remembrance that they, that they pause and they say, let's never forget when God took us out of slavery. And I'm just convinced, convinced that what God was doing in their lives, he's trying to do in yours and in mine. So I began to study this more and learn more about this, and I began to learn more about these four I wills. But <clears throat> I'm a weirdo in a lot, a lot of ways. I don't even want to get into it, all right? But I was reading in Exodus chapter 6, and I, found, I, just, I just found a little problem. 
Because there's not four I wills. There's seven. And I couldn't not see it. Once I saw it, it was there. And I don't know if anybody else is in this room, but like balance matters to you. You know, things have to be in order. If you're a military person, dress right dress. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's my love language, everybody. I love dress right dress. I like things straight and proportionate. It just, listen, can you tell? I measured where these cups would be with a measuring tape this morning. I care too much about things like that. And when I was in my study, and I'm in Exodus chapter 6, I'm like, well, these four I wills that get celebrated, but there's seven of them. All right, so what happens here is, I'm going to read it all over again. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I'll free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment, and I will take you as my people, dot, dot, dot. There's a conjunction. It's and, and, let's go to the next one, my brother, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to, uh, to Abraham. So there's Abraham. To Isaac and to Jacob, I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. And so here I am trying to be a Bible student. I'm trying to learn God's word. And I'm learning all this context and this powerful history. And I'm, and I'm learning about these four I wills, and then I look and there's more of them, and I'm like, help me, Jesus, because nobody taught me about these others. And so here, I want to unpack today, and this is really going to launch us into the meat of this series. But I want to unpack to you what I believe the difference is between the four that we highlighted yellow and the three that we underlined white. And here's, here's what I want to say. All right, let's do it like this. Rob, throw the next screen up for me, if you would, my brother, because he says this, I'll bring you out. I'll free you, I'll redeem you, and I'll take you. This is what God says to his people. And this is what I believe is God's process for his people. And we'll, don't worry, like we're going to go down. We're going to dig, we're going to tunnel down into each one of these over the course of these, this series. I believe this is the process that God wants every single person that puts their faith in Jesus Christ to experience. I believe that God wants to take us out of our slavery of sin. I believe that God wants to take the heart, the thinking, and the attitude, and the behaviors of slavery and free us from that. I believe that God doesn't just want us to be a people that say, well, God's still working on me, to which I would say, join the club. Because God's still working on all of us. He says, I want to redeem you. I want to put you back into the original plan and purpose that I have for you. Let me say it like this. I don't want you just to be saved. I want you to know why I saved you. We say it like this around here, that God put, he designed you on purpose for a purpose. He wants to redeem you back to that purpose. And then he says, I want to make you my people. So notice something. I'm going to do something for you. You, you, I'm going to make you a people. Welcome to the body of Christ, the church. And we're going to dig into all these things because I believe that this is what God wants to happen in our lives perpetually. It's a process, constantly, constantly. Now, the other three I, where he says, I'm going to be your God, I'm going to bring you into this land, and I'm going to give it to you as a possession, I see these as God's promises, I honestly see it prophetically like his promise of heaven. 
Like God is saying to his people that I'm taking you. Remember when Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you? Remember when he said there will be many rooms in my father's house? That all throughout the gospels, Jesus would talk about things like don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where rust and moth can decay and ruin, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The Bible talks about in this life the difficulties that we're going to face. Jesus said in this life you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. It's the promise of eternity. And here's what I know just as a human being. It's so easy. It's like the easiest thing ever for me to just lean into myself, my situation, my selfishness, my desires, my wants, my comfort, when all the time God is communicating, I have a promised land for you. I'm going to take you somewhere where there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more tears. The Bible says in Revelation that he will wipe the tears from our eyes. So I believe that what God has been trying to do in these people all these years ago, God's still trying to do in you today. Amen. So we're going to delineate. In fact, we're not even going to talk about these promises very much. We're going to tunnel down, though, into this process. And I want to I start. I want to I talk with you about it today. And so you see here in front of me, I've got these four cups, these four cups. And here's what would happen if you and I were to go to a Passover celebration and we went through the entire Seder, the whole process. Here's what would happen is throughout that meal, you would actually partake of four individual cups throughout that process. And here's the interesting thing, that each one of these cups is a representation of these four I will statements that God spoke to his people through Moses. And we're going to dig into those a little bit today. So the first cup, and we're going to start right here. This is where God says, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you out of there. And this is known as the cup of sanctification. And, and I like the word salvation. Let me say it to you like this, that God, in my opinion, has a number one agenda, and that is to save the lost. I think it's his highest priority. I think it means more to him than anything else. I think God is so concerned about it that he would allow us, followers of his, to endure difficulties, trials, frustrations, challenges in our lives so that we could be representations of him to those around us. And here's what I want you to recognize is that all these people are bound up in slavery and they didn't have to go to God. I want you to recognize that God came to them. That's huge. Because listen to me, if you are in this room, tuning in online, and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, you've never put your faith in him for your salvation, here's what I want to boldly, clearly proclaim to you, God is in pursuit of you. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And too often times, church people forget that we have a mission to reach the lost because we're so focused on ourselves. Now, I'm going to preach in this series. Not today I want to, I don't have time. But God makes a promise. I'm going to take you out of that slavery. But how many of you know that even if you get brought out of slavery, you can still have slavery in you? 
Because it sounds really similar, doesn't it? That he's going to take me out and then he's going to free me? Like, didn't he already do that? No, no, no. They're actually very much different. Because not only is God going to come and get us out of slavery in his pursuit of us, he said, hey, you might still think like a slave. And what I've got to do is I've got to change the way that you think. Remember in Romans when he said, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, your minds. I've got to get slavery out of you. And I think we've all experienced this because there are some of us where we've put our faith in Christ Jesus and we are Christians, but we still mess stuff up. Maybe we still have a bad attitude sometimes. Maybe we still find ourselves participating in something that's like, why do I do this? It's not good for me. Or maybe there are things we don't participate in that we know like, this is good for me. Why don't I do it? It's, we can get brought out of slavery, but it takes some time. It's a process actually to get slavery out of us. Am I making sense? Let me illustrate it a little further that in 2005, I was, uh, I was a soldier, and I was deployed to Iraq in 2005. Now, I was already married, and I already had two children. And so Lauren and I, who uh, have been together for 23 years this month, come on, woo, we just, yeah, we just celebrated 21 years of marriage together, which means we've been together now longer than we were apart, which is crazy, but it's true. And so I go on this deployment, and here's what happens. For 14 months, I'm living with dudes in a different world, like doing life and doing my stuff and figuring out how to survive. And so when I came home, I was different and she was different. And here's the irony. The hardest year of our marriage wasn't 2005. It was 2006. It was very difficult and we couldn't figure it out. Because if you know me, you know that I'm like super transparent. I'm probably too transparent sometimes. I'm very emotional. I'm a talker. I just, I'm like, if, if, like on my sleeve, man, if I'm feeling it, let's talk about it. I mean, some of you ladies are like, my God, wish, wish my husband would just talk to me. I'm that guy. Let's talk. Let's talk. Not to you. I ain't talking to you. you, you deal. I'll talk to her. Yeah, are you with me? And then my wife, who's really, really quiet, just, just humble and super to herself and dependent on me for everything all of the time and then what happened was I got home and she was completely independent I'm like she doesn't even need me she's been figuring out how to raise these kids pay these bills get these groceries clean this counter whatever etc etc do her job the whole time without me and all of a sudden I felt like well what am I good for and some of you guys are like well not much but I'm working on that <laughs> And then what I had done is I had gone and I had gotten a little secretive and hardened up. It, I, I wasn't just going to be like, man, you should have seen the mortars hitting the ground today. Woo, I'm not saying that to her when I'm over there. I would guard her from those things. And so I came home and I had hardened myself up. I mean, when you live with dudes every day for that long, you better have some tough skin. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, 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 you either roll over some or you're going to get rolled over some. You know what I'm saying? And so I was, I was learning how to like thicken up and be secretive and all these little things. And when I came home, we recognized, whoa. We're just not who we were. And so for us, we just had to get back. I had to learn how to be more transparent, softer, and more tender. It's the same thing in our lives with Christ, that God may have pulled me out of my slavery of sin, but I still might think like a slave on the inside, and it might be, it's going to be a process for me to unthink and to rethink. Are you with me? I probably spent more time there than I needed to. So, this, so we have this, one, this cup 
of sanctification. And then two, he says, I'm going to free you. And, and this is called the cup of deliverance. And I know what some of you are, you got banjos playing in your mind right now. Don't let that worry you. All right? All right, I want you to think the word freedom. Freedom. He literally says, I'm going to free you. I'm going to unpack all these issues. There's a process where we're going to get you closer to me, thinking like me, living like me. It's, it's going to take some time, but we're going to get you there. It's the journey of faith. And so not only does God want to get us out, God wants to get us free. And then number three says, I want to redeem you. And this one's so beautiful. It's so good. And this is called the cup of redemption. And I like to say it this way, that God wants to give you a purpose. You ever redeemed something? You ever redeemed the coupon at the store? Anybody in the room? Anybody? Okay, you participate. Yeah, you so like, it's not even a foreign word. It's not really odd. We know what that means. But to redeem means like, I gotta, I gotta like put you back. Let me say it like this, that I think the Bible says that, that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I think he's an identity thief. Because the Bible says that he, the Bible says, I've, I've formed you and knit you together in your mother's womb. Did you notice in the story of creation that God spoke everything into existence except us? It's a real personalization to the way that God treats us and cares for us and thinks about us. And, and what God does is he says, I designed you on purpose with a purpose. I know who you are, who I've called you to be, the giftings that I'm placing into your life, the, the, the talents that you'll have, the personality that I want you to have. I did that, and I did it on purpose. Let me say something to somebody that needs to hear it. You are not a mistake. God made you with incredible intentionality. And the reason that you think you are a mistake is because the enemies told you that lie all this time. And so what God wants to do is redeem you back. That I've got a plan and I've got a purpose and it is for good, not harm, not disaster for you. This is the word of the Lord. So it's not just that God wants to get you saved. And it's not just that God wants you to kind of work out some of the things going on in your life. It's like, hey, I want you to have some purpose. I'm, I've got something for you to do. And I think one of the greatest days in your life is the day that you surrender your life to Jesus. I think the next greatest day of your life is when you find some freedom from some issues. The next greatest day of your life is when you discover, like, why did he save me? He's like, I've got something for you to do. I've got some work for you to do. This is the heart of God. And then finally, this last cup, he says, I'm going to take you as my people. I'm going to group you with some others. And this is known as the cup of praise. And they call it that because you've already had three glasses of wine by now. Do you see? It's getting fun now. <laughs> yeah. That may not be true, but that's funny. You know that's funny. <laughs> It's known as the cup of praise or this cup of fulfillment. I've seen it both ways in my study. My original teaching, it was called the cup of praise. And this is, in fact, where we find our fulfillment. Because, listen, I can be saved by Jesus Christ and alone. I can find freedom from things in my life, be alone. I can discover that God has something that he wants me to do and be alone. But he says, I'm going to give you some praise, some fulfillment, some joy, some passion, some meaning, some fulfillment when I get you around my kids. Like, I want you to be a part of my family. 
and I want you to be a part of something that's bigger than you. And here's the reality. Even those of us that are reserved and quiet and we consider ourselves loners and I don't really need a lot of people, all of us, every single one of us want to be a part of something bigger than us. All this. It's why we go nuts about our sports teams. It's why we're crazy about our hobbies. It's why we put bumper stickers on our car. We want you to know who we voted for. It's, we put salt life on there because we like surfing. You know, whatever it is, like you want to be a part of something bigger than you. And God's like, you want the ultimate fulfillment? Be a part of my family. Be a part of the body. Get connected where the head, Jesus Christ, is and let him govern you. Let him lead you. Let him be your voice and your director. This is what God wants for us. But it's a process. It's a process. So I want to show you something. And if you call Church on the Rock your home, I would love for you to memorize what you're about to see. Here we go. I want you to look at this. We have this cup of salvation, freedom. Purpose, fulfillment, all these things. And right here, on the right side, everything, that's yellow, by the way, if you're colorblind. And I know that does affect you, right? On this side, here's how we say it. That we believe that for all people, all of them, for all time, God has a plan, a process. He wants you to know him. Our heart is that you would know God. Our heart is that you would find freedom. Our heart is that you would discover purpose. And our heart is that you would make a difference. And if this church is your home, I would love for you to have those four things memorized. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. This is the process that God wants us to constantly, perpetually be running through all the time. Because I can know God for the first time, but I can always know God more. I might find freedom from something in my life, but I can always find freedom from something else. I may have discovered the purpose that he has for me in this season, but he will always have new purposes for me in new seasons. And I may have made a difference today, but I can make a difference tomorrow. This is the process of faith. And last week, if you were taking communion with us, were you here? Remember in that communion, we had a little Lunchable? It's like a shot about that big. You know what I'm talking about? If you, it wasn't like a shot. It's juice. Relax. If you weren't here, relax. All right. Little thing. And in communion, my whole life, my whole life, every, every communion I've ever been a part of, it was one cup. We peeled the thing, and we had the little cracker, and we had the juice, and we received the body, and we received the blood, and that's how we do communion. And that's how I'd always done communion. But you know that at the Last Supper with the disciples... Jesus sat down as they celebrated Passover. And in that story, do you know that they had all of these cups together that night? And did you know that Jesus paused at the end and he said, now this cup, this one, I'll not partake in this one until we are together again in my Father's kingdom. Is there anything you could imagine more fulfilling than that? And Jesus made this promise that my ultimate fulfillment is to be reunited with you in that promised land. Remember those three promises? I'm going to be re re reunited with you one day, and when I am, I'll partake in this glass.
with you. So be warned. There's a good chance that in your future, you're going to be having a glass of wine with Jesus one day. And I want you to prepare for that. Amen, everybody? It's going to be a good day. Because it's the ultimate fulfillment. And here's what God wants us to do. Is constantly be partaking in these four cups. God, I want to know you for the first time, but I want to know you more and more and more. God, I want you to show me more things about you. I want to be nearer to your heart. I want to know your word and hide it away in my heart. God, I want to understand your character and your demeanor. I want the fruit of the Spirit to just permeate out of my life effortlessly because I know you and I continue to know you. God, I don't want to stay stuck in my patterns and my habits and the things that not only harm me, but harm the people around me. God, I want to continually find freedom after freedom after freedom after freedom as I get closer and closer and closer to you. And God, I want to know your purpose for me in every season of my life, every single one, Lord God, every time a chapter changes and a page turns. God, I need to know what you're calling me to do and who you're calling me to and what you want me doing for you because, God, I want to make a difference in the lives of the people around me because I want them to experience all of these cups in their lives too. And so as we land the plane this morning, I want to take you to some things and I want to show you some things about your church. If this is your church, you got to know some things about your church. And by the way, this is a great day to go to All Access because you're really going to learn even more about your church there. But I want to show you our mission statement. We have a mission as a church. Now, and I want you to see it. And here it goes. We, we exist, we, Church on the Rock, let me say it like this, you. And, and, I, and by the way, that's if you call this church your home, okay? Some of you are still not sure. Some of you are only visiting because you're on vacation. There are others of us. This is our family. This is the body we've been called to. This is our church. So we exist to reach people. To reach them, the life-giving message of Jesus, that they may become fully devoted followers of Christ. I want you to know something about our mission statement, that we built this on purpose. Remember when Jesus said the Great Commission? Remember when he said, I want you to go into all the world, and I want you to proclaim the good news. Who? To who? Everybody everywhere. So our church, we exist to do just that. We want people to hear this life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are missionally focused to do whatever we need to do to reach people with the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then do you also remember that Jesus said, hey, I want you to go and make disciples. You remember that part? Baptizing them in my name. And so we said, well, then, gosh, then we can't just reach them. We can't just tell them about Jesus. We can't be a church that's only focused on one cup. We've got to be a church that focuses on the process of God in the lives of all people. And so, we, we, yes, we want to introduce you to Jesus. This is why I would love for you to invite your unsaved, lost friends. And I'm sorry if that term offends you, but it's a Bible term. And I'm, and I'm just lovingly, I say this so respectfully, I, I promise you. If you do not have your faith in Jesus Christ for your salvation, you're lost. 
and I love you enough without even having met you to say that to you. I would love for you to drink from this cup today. But after that, I would love for you to become a fully devoted follower of Christ. Our heart, make disciples. Get people like growing in their faith. I can't just stay here and I can't just stay here and like all of it. Let's live out the process. In our journey with Jesus, let's always be partaking in all of these cups. So we exist to reach people with this life-giving message of Jesus so that they can become fully devoted followers of Christ. So here's our vision. That's our mission. Here's our vision. Here we go. To lead people to increasingly know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and to make a difference constantly. Can I say it like this? It's both, always. Well, are we, are we like seeker friendly? Are we trying to like reach people? Yep. Oh, well, are we like Bible-based and trying to disciple people? Yep. Well, which is it? Yes. Both. Always. Church on the Rock, I want us to constantly, as family of God, to be drinking from these four cups. And when we do, when we do, it's magnetic. It's attractive. It's, it's luring. It's like people are, what do you have? What is it about? You are annoyingly joyful. Why? Constantly partaking in the process of God in my life. Constantly digging with hunger to enjoy all that he has made available to me. And so here in a moment, I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads and close our eyes. But before we do, I want to I want to talk once more to those that maybe you're here and you're, you're not a Christian. Your faith is not in Jesus. I want to show you a verse. This is my last verse and we'll close right here. I want to show you this verse. This is the way to have eternal life. To know you. To know you. What's the first cup, man? To know God. To know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I'd like to remind you that you didn't have to do anything. Jesus came in pursuit of you. He came for you. In the same way that God sent Moses for his people, God sent Jesus for you. I actually believe with everything in me, whether you're in this room or you're tuning in online, maybe you're watching this playback a year and a half after it was recorded. However you're receiving this, I just believe that this is a God-ordained moment for you and him. And all he did with me is just use me to help bridge the gap between where you are and where you can be. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody looking around, I want to give you an invitation. Just an invitation. And what I would like to invite you to do this morning is to drink from the first cup. That today would be the day that you say, I know God. I know God because of his son, Jesus Christ. And today, I will put my faith in him for my salvation. 
And so I offer you this cup this morning that's available to anybody that would drink it. And so in our church, we have this thing that we do, and I always lead people in a prayer, and we do this at the end of every single service that we do. And it's a prayer of salvation, because the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And so I would love to just guide you in a very simple prayer. There's nothing special about the prayer. What's special is what's happening in your heart. You drinking from this first cup to know God. So as we say this prayer, I'd love to invite our prayer partners to the front because we'll be providing prayer here in just a moment. And if you say this prayer with me this morning and you make a decision to put your faith in Jesus, and I would love for you to take that connection card that we talked about on the news this morning, fill that thing out and let us know the decision that you've made because we want to help you in this journey of faith. So if that's you and you're ready, let's do it. We're going to pray together. I want you to say these words. I want you to say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's stand together. We're going to end this service with worship.